Boom, and we're back. What's up, guys? Finally, we're here. We're live. It's been a while. Good afternoon, or should I say good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. All right, guys, this is episode 239 of Kick It With The King. It is February 1st, 2020. Thank you guys for joining us here. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this is Kicking It With The King. My name is Gabriel Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen. And like I said, welcome in. It's a brand new month. Apologize for the long layoff at long last. We are back. 239, episode 239, baby. We got a lot to talk about on today's show. I appreciate you guys for joining us here. Our podcast quickly is available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, everywhere. You know, anywhere you can, leave us a five-star rating and five-star review. We only fuck with positive positivity, excuse me, here. And that's all that we're going to do. But, yep, we're back. Finally, on a Saturday. Well, I was going to do the show yesterday, but I had some things um, come up that I wasn't aware of the, the day before that. So my Friday was booked previously before that. And, you know, things changed within the last uh, minute. So, you know, I can get to do the show. And um, now I thought it's one of the best times to do it. Obviously, there's no UFC this weekend or anything like that, but there is a Super Bowl and stuff, so we'll get into that and stuff, and I'll talk about my massive conspiracy for the Super Bowl game. It's not really necessarily a conspiracy, though. It's um, it's just my thoughts on it, you know, especially if you're betting, so if you're big into the betting, uh, the betting world and stuff, so I, I think it'll stir up some controversy in a good way. So like I said, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. You can also uh, follow me on um, Twitter and Instagram at GTheKingMMA. Um as well, like I said, as well as Instagram too. Our podcast page is directly also located on Twitter and Instagram at KWTKPod too. Give us a follow, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate all the love and um and the support. So today's on today's show, obviously. Um there's a lot to talk about. A lot of things have happened since we've been on uh, since we last were on and you know obviously this sport is a big sport and a lot of lot goes on there's a lot of fighters and a lot of things happening in multiple places a uh, news breaking every single day fight cards announced fight cards coming up it, basically if you take time off from doing a podcast um usually to be honest like you know you miss out on a lot I mean, you go without like two days or something without looking at stuff you miss a lot you see someone pulls out you see you see some fight news you never heard of you see something that maybe you're excited for i mean there's a lot of things man a lot of things so today's show obviously um uh we'll cover those things um starting at the top of the list um we'll talk about usman masvidal the altercation the video um as well as my thoughts on a matchup because, you know, per Dana White, he did announce that he is targeting that fight for International Fight uh, fight Week in July. So Usman versus Masvidal, you know, altercation style matchup. We'll talk about that. Um, some UFC from last week can happen. Curtis Blades was successful against Junior Dos Santos, um, stopping him by TKO. That marks two finishes. In Dos Santos's last two fights, two loss, two stoppages. So where does Curtis Blades go from there? We'll talk about that. And uh, you know we can't, we couldn't uh, move along to another show without talking about the unfortunate, tragic passing of one Kobe Bryant. That news broke last Sunday. It's been nearly a week since he was killed in a, like a horrific uh, motorcycle 
a helicopter crash and you know this whole show is laying weighed heavy as is the other shows that i've been listening to so like if i'm grieving and we're all grieving over something like that i turn on a podcast oh everyone's talking about it so it kind of reminds you again of the grieving especially when you're trying to get over the grieving you get over it but you know just hearing the heartbreak of a lot of people surrounded by in the MMA world, in the sports world, in combat sports, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, Kobe Bryant was well loved by lots of people. So, um, you know, I had a interesting take on the whole situation. You know, there's videos out there. There's you know, just all this different things um, surrounding his death. Why did it happen? Was it planned? And all that. I mean, I don't know. If we get real high or something, we'll talk about it. But I don't really want to, you know, um, talk about conspiracies and you know link that to people's death and, and stuff like that but you know uh just things come up and you know it's hard to ignore them especially when you have an open mind so i'll talk about that um another interesting topic another uh, a big huge one that i still see that uh hasn't um really been put to rest yet and i haven't really had an ability nor my uh, uh well i have had the ability excuse me um but i haven't really had the discussion i haven't really given you guys my thoughts about this next topic but we'll talk about who the greatest women's combat sport that's combat sports athlete of all time is i mean if you think about you know, like we're, we're, ta- we're talking about women's female fighter the best female fighter on the planet excuse me women's go who is the women's go is it amanda nunez is it chris cyborg we'll have that discussion that's a, that's the uh second to last thing on the list and obviously next weekend and seven days and in less seven days obviously a week um, John Jones returns, uh, UFC 247, is that UFC 247, 240, yeah, 247, Two, uh, John Jones takes on the undefeated Dominic Reyes and, uh, as well, and he puts his light heavyweight title on the line, um, crazy fight, great fight, um, interesting fight, um, probably one of the taller guys that John's fought, other than Gustafson, but, um, there's been some talks about that, uh, about that, how that fight will go. We'll talk about that as well, ladies and gentlemen. So like I said, quickly, like I said, leave us a five star review, five star rating. I just got someone to subscribe, subscribe to the show today, so that's another good thing for me and um, good for us and good for the clan, ladies and gentlemen. So let's let's without further ado, let's begin at the top. Usman Masvidal, both you know, quickly kind of like stirred i mean obviously like i said they they haven't liked each other from the beginning and still can't seem to like each other obviously and i'm the video shows i'm pretty sure you didn't need that video to know they didn't like each other um they didn't necessarily get as physical as i thought it was going to be you know when i heard that or seen that um Masvidal was involved with an altercation with Kamar Usman. I looked on the internet. I thought it was going to get physical because, you know, Masvidal, he comes from the streets of Miami and, you know, the backyard fighting and all that. So I was like, oh, fuck. Um, did, he, did he get in trouble? Did he piece Usman up? I knew Usman had the cast on. So um, I know that he, he obviously wouldn't have been able to probably fight handily. Maybe he could fight with one hand. He's Kamar Usman. Um, but, um, yeah, so go, fast forward to that. Uh, Dana White saying that this fight um, – is is in the books or in the works for international fight week so you know when the ufc always goes to uh vegas and international fight week and they have like the biggest you know the hall of fame ceremony and all that and so i mean that's arguably a great fight for that one um i originally had my thoughts on who i thought connor should fight next i did pencil in masvidal 
but I also did talk about real realistically what I would like to see and you know what makes the most sense and what's stirring the pot. And you know, you could point on over to Usman and Masvidal. I mean, these guys are um, definitely stirring the pot. They definitely don't like each other. They definitely want to fight each other. I mean, I've never really heard Masvidal. I mean, I've heard Masvidal talk about how not he doesn't like a guy or something like that. But when he sounds like when he talks about Usman, he generally wants to fight him. So you know, I think that's generally a good matchup um, stylistically. Um, you know. A lot of people kind of uh, break it down like, uh, oh, Usman's going to grapple him to death. He's going to out-grapple him. I, I think it's a lot closer fight than people give people cre give uh, Masvidal credit for. However, I do think at the end of the day, if that fight, when that fight happens, you know, the, the breakdown of it, you know, Usman is a grappling heavy fighter. That is his biggest asset. You know, say that his striking is better than Masvidal's would be crazy, crazy, crazy statement. And, and also, uh, you know, very very false very very false statement you know i was looking at back at the last fight he had with covington i mean his his striking didn't look absolutely phenomenal i mean he broke his jaw quote-unquote broke so like how long does it take for a broken jaw to heal six weeks i mean colby was well on social media i think before six weeks was if i'm not mistaken i mean he's making videos it looks like his jaw was never even broken i mean Still has kept the the crazy gimmick from the looks of the videos, and and still to uh, be exact in my opinion, I don't think that he's changed since the Usman fight. I mean that's that that shows you the determination, the heart, and all that other stuff. How do we get to talking about Colby? Yeah, but like I said, Colby is a top tier fighter, and and obviously, like I said, he 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 Usman had his hands full with Colby in that fight, and you know I don't know why they didn't wrestle in that fight. Maybe he genuinely didn't like him, and. You know, I don't know why he didn't want to wrestle in that fight. A lot of people were expecting him to wrestle in that fight. But, you know, we're, we're talking about Masvidal now. So, uh, obviously, Masvidal is a much more skilled striker than Colby. I mean, Masvidal was knocking people out before Colby was even had really that many knockouts or finishes on his resume. Um, and now, if you look at Masvidal, he, he, he shows a problem. He poses a problem for Usman on the feet, in my opinion, as does Usman. But, you know, Usman's, I mean, he has power and all that, knockout power in every single one of his shots. But, you know, if we're, if we're betting and guessing and, and pointing fingers on the side of who will get a finish by strikes, I'd have to point it, point it in the side of Usman, um, Masvidal, excuse me, um, because of, uh, you know, just experience. And, you know, he has more, like Masvidal said, he's like, I have more knockouts than he does wins. This fucking shit's not hitting right. God damn it. Nothing's a bigger turnoff than a shitty ass pipe. Fucking hole gets clogged more than a pussy. I like tight pussies, but not a fucking tight pipe hole. It's like, it's no fun. You can't pack a bowl. You gotta, you gotta really fucking do extra work for that shit. It's horrible. But anyways, like I said, Usman, Masvidal, um, you know, very winnable fight for both guys. I mean, Masvidal does have quite the experience, quite the experience advantage, to be honest with you. And I mean, obviously, and, and obviously more, way more fights in the UFC, um, fought on big stages all over the world and like I said, overall, it would probably most likely be uh, heavily favored in that fight, in my opinion. Not saying that people don't like Usman. It's just that you look at what Masvidal has been able to do and what, what he's um, accomplished in l last year. I mean, it's like we're not talking about a spring chicken here. We're talking about a veteran.
a guy that's been fighting in the UFC, or no, not fighting in the UFC for 16 years. He's been fighting for 16 years. So, um, you know, it's, it's nothing new for Masvidal. I think, like, now he's really getting into his groove. Now he's in his prime. And it's crazy to say that because how long he's been fighting for. Now he can really say that he's in his prime. And, um, ah, much better. Cleared the whole pussy hole out of the pipe. I call it that because I got, like, frustrated because the type was all tightened, tightened, tightened up. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, very winnable fight. I mean, if, if he can stop the takedowns and the crazy grappling, man, it, it's just so fucking hard to see anybody stopping that grappling. I mean, then again, Usman didn't even use it in his last fight. I mean, I'm pretty damn sure Masvidal is very aware of the grappling, as is his team. So, I'm pretty, pretty sure that, um, you know, he could... You know, pose some problems. I mean, he look at the fight with Damian Maya. He stopped his submissions. He stopped. I mean, obviously had him on his back uh, for like the whole fight, but um, you know, it still was a very uh, you know, very good fight, very close fight too. So, <laughs> so if Usman beats Mazidal, it will be by probably by decision. He'll probably grapple him. He'll probably take him down. I don't. I don't see it any other way. Like I said, unless Masvidal just comes like up, like comes out like a bat out of hell and stops him, comes out aggressive. You know, I think that 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 would be an interesting interesting uh, way to come out with a, a guy like Kamaru Usman. I mean, obviously, it'll be very dangerous because you know he does pack a punch and he is very dangerous and aggressive. But um, I think that still, regardless of that, Masvidal pushes the pace. He pushes the pressure and all that, so I, I think that it, it would be a problem for Usman to have someone coming in, come at, coming at him like that, and you know, not letting him necessarily dictate the pace. You know, you let people like Khabib and Usman dictate the pace of the fight. It's their fight all day and all night. It's easier, way easier said than done. I mean, especially if you're trying to talk about Khabib. I mean, Usman has lost before, and I think it's like his first fight. But we haven't seen him lose yet. And this fight with Masvidal, obviously, I think it's a lot closer than people are giving Masvidal credit for. And I think that obviously is going to be a lot closer of a matchup because Masvidal obviously has grappled, um, has great takedowns, great takedown defense. We haven't really seen him taken down, I mean, up against the cage and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't really think that, I mean, George is obviously wrestled for a very long time and, and fought at that very high level and has some of the highest level of coaches and, and, and best available fighters available at the gym that he's at. American top team, the number one gym, in my opinion, and the most v v variety and, and versatility and all these different bodies and different, all these talented fighters from all over the world and multiple organizations and champions and multiple organizations, all training there, best coaching staff, everything there, man. So, like I said, it's not like Masvidal doesn't know what he's what, what he's going up against. I mean, Usman's a very grappling heavy kind of fighter, and you know, like I said, he will be shooting. I don't necessarily know if if that if if that's gonna be his game plan. I'm not, like like it's like I don't see the future or any shit like that. But I mean, we've seen Usman fight, and we're kind of very aware of what he's gonna be doing and what he does. So it's not gonna be a surprise for me to see him do that, and you know. 
I don't know where we were going to be live on Facebook today, but I just like, I don't know. I don't like the, I mean, it, it's cool when you have big shows and stuff like that, but um, it's been a while since we were on. So I feel, I figured we'd just, we'd just hear and do the show here do the show solo. And um, that's exactly what we did. But um, yeah, like I said, so I mean, it's a good fight. I mean, I, I favor Masvidal in that fight, but you know, I am very aware of the, um, the heavy grappling of Usman and, you know, his ability to push the pace, you know, great cardio and, you know, I, I I mean, has Masvidal went to five round distance before? I mean, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he has throughout his entire career. I mean, he went to distance with Gilbert Melendez, and you know, he's went he's went to distance in uh, in a lot of his UFC fights, and particularly been on the wrong end of some questionable split decision fights. But um, st- I still think that he um definitely poses a huge problem for Usman, as does Usman. But you know, only thing that um. Usman can carry and bring into the later rounds and, and experience wise is his grappling is his, is his great cardio. So grappling is already uh, energy zapping in, in, in general. So if you're grappling and you know, the other guy, if you're just grappling for your life and stuff and you know, he easily could win a five round, a hump fest, a five round unanimous decision, complete total dominance. But you can't think that one-sidedly in the sport. And, you know, I don't know necessarily what, uh, like, I don't know necessarily, like, I mean, what other way we can think. I mean, you got to think logically about this. This is a contest. Anything can happen. And, um, you know, obviously you got to really understand, you know, the game. You got to be aware of everything that's going on. I'm going to pull up the Usman Masvidal. Uh, uh, what is it? Usman Masvidal alt- altercation. I wanted to see the video. I mean, there was like a release of like all angles and shit like that. Um, what is this? All right, here it is. Fucking ads, man. All right, hold on. Here it is. You got a cast on, bitch. That's why nothing's ever happening. That guy's holding his phone out like a little bitch. This <laughs> other guy there. Was that it? Oh yeah. What is what did Masvidal say right here? Or you've been in this fight game forever, going back to the Kimbo Slice days. I think you had a fight at the Playboy Mansion, if memory serves. I didn't know he fought in Playboy Mansion. Got to see me live kicking ass, Mr. Trump. Got to see me live. I've had some badasses watching me kick some ass. Now you're one of the biggest stars in the sport. What's it been like for you to have been on this road for so long and now reaching the pinnacle of MMA? I'm here at the top and I still got the biggest chip of anybody's shoulder. It took me 16 years to get here. Fighting at the Playboy Mansion, I knocked out a dude. 
And after that, man, it was like no paychecks were coming in, nothing, you know? And it's just my career was always up and down. Okay, I'm bored. Money, promote. <coughs> well, like I said, <coughs> it's a great fight. Interesting, um, interesting fight, obviously, um, but definitely will be excited, definitely will be tuning in. Obviously, Masvidal's definitely turned into one of the biggest stars, and very well deserved, very well recognized throughout his career and stuff, and, and you know, it's very well deserved, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right give other people a chance to join the conversation join the show we're gonna go live folks i figure we go live give me a second give me one second Gonna get the live up. Hold on. Give me one second. All right. Put the headphones on. All right, folks. We're gonna go live. We're live on Facebook. All right. Um. Let me just fill this shit out real quick. Only part of the show will be available for people on Facebook. So, like I said, if you're joining and you're listening now, you're obviously obviously been here for the whole conversation so the people on facebook won't be able to uh hear or see me but they'll be able to or hear the whole episode they'll be able to join and you know hear the whole episode in the and obviously the podcast form but if you're joining now you won't you won't be able to but uh you know better late than never right all right going live all right we're here we're live now we're official well, we're live already but we're officially live on facebook thank you guys uh on here for joining um so let's get back to what we're talking about now um so like i said usman versus masvidal very interesting fight man i really really you know curious to see about the grappling defense of masvidal um, the fact that Kamaru did obviously stand with Colby in his last fight, which was a massive surprise for a lot of people. And I was thinking, like, why the hell is he standing with Colby? I didn't even know that he was going to. That's the thing. I didn't even know that. And then, you know, like I said, he changed up the game plan. He stood on his feet. It was a close fight. Um, people obviously uh, all argue and say that Colby um, was up three. I mean, was it? He was up three rounds or some shit like that. I remember. I have to go back and watch the fight. It's been a while. I watch a lot of fights. There's a lot going on in my head. So there's like a lot of things that I haven't. Um, what is it like? A lot of a lot of fights. A lot of things that I go back and and, and rewatch and stuff like that. Um, so like I said, if you're joining in conversation now on Facebook, appreciate you guys uh, for joining. Um, twenty three minutes in. So let's just say twenty one minutes in, and that we were already live on the other portion of the show. But like I said just earlier, if you're hearing the podcast form, you're hearing the entire show, you're going to hear the clips and stuff. You're only going to hear uh, you're going to hear the rest of it on here. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we still got much 
more to go. Um, quickly brought to you by Anchor. Anchor, like I said, is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Do you want to start a podcast? There's hundreds of thousands of people around starting podcasts, having podcasts, creating them, famous celebrities, actors, people, fans, fighters, media, presidents, everybody. Well, I don't know about, is there anybody with presidents? No, I don't think so. But Anchor, like I said, it's a one-stop shop. It's five stars, ladies and gentlemen. Five stars um, is, is hard to come by when it comes to an application nowadays. I mean, especially with all the needy people nowadays and really, you know, opinionated people. So like I said, um, I've been using Anchor for about three years, three, four years now. Um, and I think honestly, it's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to the masses, easiest way for people to subscribe. You know, everybody has a smartphone, everybody uses Spotify. I'm pretty sure a lot of people use iHeartRadio. Um, iHeartRadio, Wayne, what, what's happened with that one, by the way? It's definitely fallen off. But anyways, um, like I said, it's available on all platforms. Um, well, well, our podcast is available on all platforms. Anchor makes our podcast available on all platforms. So quickly, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow us directly or um, on Instagram and Twitter at KWTKPod, as well as, um, you know, visiting the main Anchor page, uh, anchor.fm slash KWTKPod. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, anchor.fm slash KWTKPod. And like I said, start your own podcast today, folks. It's the easiest thing ever. You get to connect with audiences. You get to talk about great fights. You can talk about the Super Bowl coming up, too, um, and all that. I know everyone's excited for that. So don't uh, like don't waste any time, ladies and gentlemen. One more time, anchor.fm slash start or download the app simply in the App Store or the Google Play Market. Now, back to the show. All right. Um, so let's go backwards to last weekend and talk about Dos Santos versus Blades. Now, Curtis Blades, like I said, is a fantastic fighter. We talk, I think we talked about this fight, if I'm not mistaken, beforehand, if I'm not mistaken. Did we talk about this fight? I, I'm pretty damn sure we talked about it. You know, I said that Curtis was grapple, very grappling heavy on top of, you know, his striking, his ground and pound, and his wrestling all being, being very phenomenal. And he's, he seems to be putting it all together. I mean, with the wins he's had, his win over Overeem, I mean, um, obviously he's come up short and the only man he's really lost to scariest guy in the heavyweight division, in my opinion, in form, form of Francis Ngannou. Other than that, Curtis Blades has, has looked absolutely fantastic. He has the best wrestling in the heavyweight division in my, in my opinion. And he's a big, strong guy. Um, you know, big, strong legs, you know, overall just completely like, he's not absolutely jacked and ripped, you know, he's like very slim and stuff. And, you know, he has a, a perfect frame and stuff. But um, I definitely think that, uh, you know, I definitely think that, you know, he's, he poses a problem for a lot of people in that heavyweight division. You know, um, he's not the most elite striker. I mean, that with all respect. And what I mean, what do I, what I mean by that is that he's evolving still. Like he started his game off. His bread and butter is his wrestling. His wrestling is dominant. Okay, you don't need to really work on your wrestling. You know, you need to adapt the wrestling to mixed martial arts. Because when you're in a cage fight, you, there's things you can't do and things you got to avoid when it comes to grappling and wrestling. You can't. You got to avoid, you know, dropping down and getting caught with a fucking knee or something like that. You know, catch getting caught in the way in, getting hit. You got to really learn to adapt the wrestling into. Uh, got to adapt the wrestling you know to the game and stuff like that i'm gonna go get my cup real quick um but yeah before i do that yeah like i said curtis blade's a real star man um 
you know, interesting to see what happens with Francis Ngannou and Jairzinho Rosenstrike. Uh, but arguably the winner of that should get Curtis Blades right now because, excuse me, there's something on there. I think because of the fact that, you know, we don't know what's going on with Stipe right now. So in my opinion, I feel like, um, it's like, you know, it's a log jam. It's kind of irritating. It's kind of annoying to be honest with you, but I can understand that if he really is having eye issues and stuff like that, health is first instead of us selfish fans waiting for them to come back and stuff like that. It's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, don't sound like an asshole in the dick. Cause if I was in that position and I health came first and you know, everything else, um, I'd want people to understand. I want people to have sympathy for me. So I'm not going to sit and complain about that. But, you know, like I said, because of the log jam at the top of the heavyweight division right now, um, I think that, you know, Blade is, uh, Curtis Blades gets the winner on Francis versus Jarzinho. However, for Francis, if Francis is victorious over Jarzinho, then I don't know what, what they're going to do because, you know, it doesn't really pump me up to see a third, uh, a third um, Francis and Ganu fight, to be honest. Maybe Curtis fights, you know, I don't, I don't know who Curtis fights if, if Francis is successful because Curtis wants a title shot. DC wants a title shot. And I honestly do think if Stipe does return, um, DC will be the front runner and most likely be the one to get that shot. I, I, I can't imagine how these guys feel at the top like that being um, like just, you know, having to wait, not knowing what's next. You know, the anxiety, the stressors, you know, the depression. I'm pretty sure it's a depressing feeling not knowing what's next. I mean, these guys are, are, are uh, these guys all fight for a living. And this is our world. This is our this is our life and all that. And um, it's uh, what is it? Like, what was I going to say? Um, it's it's their life. So, like like I said, I, I'm the type of guy personally that likes to know every little thing, every, you know, very calculated, you know, very structured with my dates and stuff. Like, you know, like, you know, files and structure, you know, writing notes, taking notes and, you know, being very prepared for a lot of things, you know, have a, you know, certain time that I wake up in the morning, you know, just like a schedule. Everyone has a schedule. Everyone has an agenda and stuff. So if my, my agenda is disrupted or I can't live my dream or, you know, I'm unaware of things that are going on or not aware of something that's going to be happening, then there's going to be some serious problems. So, um, let's just take a quick little commercial break. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go get my cup, get my cup real quick. Hold on. Anyway, I'll be right back. I'm going to get my cup. Oh, take a second. Don't miss me too much. and miss me don't like i said don't miss me too much 
We're getting wild here on this fucking episode, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> we're getting wild here. Had to get something to drink. Excuse me. I'm going to edit that shit out. I'm just kidding. funny comment from someone about uh <laughs> my usage of the coffee cup is it really coffee i don't know i'm just kidding who the fuck drinks coffee during the day like this usually coffee is like reminds me of uh waking up in the morning or you know getting up in the morning for work or before you go to school or after school or something like that during the day right now it's 5 30 p.m pacific time <sighs> <laughs> fucking wild all right let's get back to what we we're talking about so yeah so i don't know who curtis blades should fight necessarily if francis wins different story however if jarzino wins but i mean realistically do you think jarzino rosenstrike will be the one to stop francis and connor hmm interesting i mean Francis is not known for his takedowns or grappling. Obviously, he's a knockout artist, and he's flatlining people too busy to be worried about that shit unless someone's trying to implement that on him. He's going to be worried about it. But So fast forward to this fight. What do I think is going to happen? You know, I, I think it's going to be a very striking, heavy matchup. And if you look at Jardinho's striking background and where he came from, I think he's like K1 guy or some sort of, what was it? I don't remember exactly what his, what his background was or anything else. I, I think it was like K1 or something like that. And um, what was it? It was K1 and he, like I said, he, so he, he's a lot more experienced in the striking department than Francis actually but Francis, uh, uh, no, obviously has power of his own. But Jarzinho also has power of his own. So, like I said, you can't sleep on Jarzinho, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna have a problem here later on when this fight happens. When you see some surprises from Jarzinho, oh, he has no takedown defense. Oh, Francis is gonna take him down. This is gonna be a very striking, heavy matchup. Francis Ngannou and Anthony Johnson are two hardest hitters and in, in the fucking world right now. Deontay Wilder, add him to the list. Top three. Most fucking um, top three hardest hitters in the fucking world. Don't fucking come at me. I'll fight all you guys. Um, But yeah, I mean, what's going to happen in this fight? I mean, Jar obviously, Jarzinho's got to be very careful of everything that Francis Ngannou uh, does, obviously because it's you know, power and all these fucking things, but Francis Ngannou has mainly uh, knocked people out with his uh, with his hands. I mean, his feet, he hasn't really had any like head kick knockouts or anything crazy like that um, along those lines, but, um, you know, still, he's still like, you know, obviously poses a lot of problems. Jarzino has power as well. 
And um, I think that because of that, when people fight Francis, uh, they kind of freeze up a little bit before they fight him. I mean, it's like the Mike Tyson days. If you remember boxing back then when um, people would fight Mike Tyson, man, what's the one thing people think about when it comes to fighting Mike Tyson? His motherfucking power. He had dynamite in his hand still to this day, still is as fast as ever. <laughs> you see videos of Mike Tyson sparring, man, it's like fucking like crazy, ridiculously good, man. He's still got the movements. He's still got everything. Um, Still looks phenomenal, man. So, I mean, like I said, Mike Tyson, man, in his in his heyday, people are fucking scared shitless, worried about him, and worried about that power. I mean, people think of Francis Ngannou. What do they think of his power? Jarzinho's got to be very careful, as does Francis, because Jarzinho can crack. I mean, the fact that he split Alistair Overeem's lip open like that, and I think obviously, like I said, people. It's funny. It comes to mind. I haven't really. Uh, had my thoughts about it. I kind of thought, you know, oh, he pulled that shit off late in that fight, obviously, and he was on his way to losing that fight. But like I said, that that means anything can happen, literally. Anything can happen in the sport. You got to watch out. You got to make sure of that. You got to be prepared. Protect yourself at all times. Like the referee says, like Herb Dean says, like all the best all the best referees, every single referee tells you to protect yourself. You got to protect yourself at all times. And, you know, Jarzinho turned up the heat. He wanted to win that fight. He wasn't going to go without, uh, he wasn't going to go into that fight and then lose that one. I think, if, is he undefeated or is he up one loss? I'm going to spare myself time and pull up, not pull up his Wikipedia page. Just really just don't really need to. But uh, like I said, it, 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 stylistically, it's, it's a very interesting fight. Francis Ngannou is a lot larger, a lot more muscular. He's very hard. And for him to pull off a win over Jarzinho, you know, uh, you know, with all the hype that Jarzinho has, should really make Francis, you know, obviously the Francis, um, the, 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 the legitimate number one contender for that. But like I said, depending on the performance, say he has such an amazing performance, it's hard to deny him a title shot. What are they going to do? Honestly, I'm I'm going to be completely honest with all of you guys right now. The whole not understanding, not not knowing what the next move is when it comes to a contender or a champion, not knowing if they're de- going to defend or they they're they're not being clear about what their next move is really or not, you know, laying out the potential options for what's next. Like Stipe, you know, Connor did it for a long time. Um, you know, I was really upset with that. And, you know, it's just, just, you know, like I used to talk about this on, the, on like, you know, previous episodes. But when Connor, before Connor made his huge comeback, I just heard him talking about wanting to come back or his coaches or all these other people or who do you want to see Connor fight when he comes back? I'm like, is he even going to come back, man? It seems like there's so much going on. I'm just getting so, I was getting really annoyed at one point in time, but then understood. You know, started to sit around and understand what, uh, excuse me, what what was really going on. I really had to start to sit here and understand that, you know, there's thing, a lot of things going on out there. And only things we get to see is what's available when it comes to the Internet, social media. People can um, speculate, and come up with their own scenarios and questions and reasons for why he's not really returning and, and all that. So, I mean, I speculate. But at the end of the day, it's not like a fucking idiot speculating or insinuating that people are scared to fight or they don't want to fight. I mean, get the fuck out of here, man. Go fuck yourself. If you really seriously think a lot, any of these professional fighters are scared to fight anybody i don't think so but um you know for me it is quite annoying just because i'm a communication kind of guy and um 
you know, not knowing what the fuck the next move is. And, you know, all these top contenders emerging at heavyweight right now. Um, it, it, it makes it unclear for what the next move is. And, and there's no reason and there's nothing that the UFC can do to, I mean, there is things UFC can do, don't get me wrong, but um, there's nothing that that's next. Like you don't know what's next. So Curtis Blades, low key, probably very frustrated. DC is probably very frustrated. The fans are very frustrated. Everyone's very frustrated. But like I said, I understand where people are coming from. But at the end of the day, if my eyes are fucking injured and your eyes, ladies and gentlemen, not your arms, not your legs, not your dick, not your ass, not your body, not your knee, your motherfucking eyes, your eyes don't, I mean, your eyes can heal from injuries and shit. But you're play, you're talking about your motherfucking eyes, man. You, you potential third fight with DC, guarantee you getting eye pokes. Or John Jones comes up to heavyweight, you're getting the eye pokes. So, and Stipe fought five months ago. So, like I said, I mean, is, how many times has Stipe hasn't really fought that long? Fought that much, I mean. He had the fight with DC. He took the fight with DC. The first one, DC knocks him out in the first round. DC becomes a champion, defends a belt against Derek Lewis. You know, leaves Stipe in the wing. Stipe wants his title shot. He's not going to fight anyone else except for DC for the belt. That whole timeline of shit happened. And then after that, you know, it happens to DC. I mean, that fight's still crazy to this day. I mean, going back to thinking about the Stipe uh, DC fight, I mean, DC was winning that fight handily. I mean, he hit Stipe with some fucking power shots, man. I mean, just the fact that Stipe was able to take those. I mean, hats off to Stipe. I mean, the most consecutive uh, title defenses in heavyweight history to this day. Baddest man on the planet, two time world champion. You know, uh, his loss to Junior Dos Santos. Um, was very close. The first one, the first fight, obviously, uh, Stipe came back and beat him. And, you know, out of the three people that have beat Stipe, Stipe has avenged two out of the three of those fights. You know, Stipe's only losses are Stefan Struve early, early in his UFC career. I remember that fight. Uh, it was like 2012, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Um, I think it was. But, uh, okay, so Stipe beat Dos Santos in the rematch when he and defended the belt against Dos Santos at the time. Dos Santos was a top contender. Um, by the way, we'll talk about what's next for what I feel should be next for Dos Santos and some stuff um, that came out with him uh, regarding just regarding a comeback and stuff and him wanting to come back. We'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, if you look at um, Stipe, you know, Stipe and DC, that fight, it, it turned around so fucking fast. Like if you go back and you look at uh, at at that fight, DC was winning handily. He took him down. I mean, Cipe didn't seem to have any answer. I mean, DC does leave himself quite open sometimes, and you know, it's a little hesitant. Easier said than done, but you know, there is a lot of openings to be set when on on the feet when DC. I mean, he gets got hit a little too much, and and then all of a sudden, Stipe just starts adjusting. He adjusts late in that fight. He starts, boom, hitting him to the body, you know, that nasty fucking shot to the body, dude, he was fucking, I, you know, the exact thoughts in my mind, I talk about this all the time when it comes to referencing that fight, is I remember seeing DC get caught with those, and it took me back for a second during that fight, to thinking of Anderson Silva fight, when Anderson Silva fought DC, yes, if you guys don't remember, Anderson Silva did fight DC, and you remember that, and 
Anderson caught him with a kick to the liver on the side and hurt him. He was like, oh, ah, and then he backed up and, you know, everyone was cheering. Everyone wanted Anderson to, you know, turn it up. And for Anderson to get a win over Cormier on short, on, on, on day's notice, man, I think it was like, yeah, day's notice, man. He wasn't even in shape for that fight. I mean, because when the whole John Jones got pulled and all that fiasco happened, you know, at that, at that point, people were clamoring from Silva to, um, get a finish over Cormier because of, you know, obviously hurt him to the body, but then that, that take that back to the Stipe fight. Um, DC was on the feet and he kept getting caught with that fucking shovel hook. It was nasty. He kept hitting him right there. And that my, that my exact thoughts, I was like, he can't fucking keep getting hit with these. If he keeps getting hit with these, it, something's going to happen. Something's going to change the tide. He hurt him to the body. He rocked him to the body. He stunned him. And then he finished him on the feet from hurting him to the body. I mean, we saw that flurry of finish. We saw all that stuff. It was an impressive performance. It was an amazing comeback. And that cemented his status as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. So I might just sit the fuck back and relax and not be so upset that Stipe's taking time off. This man clearly does deserve it. I think that, you know, obviously Daniel's not getting any younger. Stipe's not getting any younger. But, you know, you want him at the best uh, form and shape that he can. And I do think that he still, you know, poses a lot of problems for these heavyweights crew. Curtis Blades and everyone else. And if you really think about it, I mean, Stipe's already beaten Francis Ngannou, the big, scary Francis Ngannou. And, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, uh, the Francis versus Jarzino Rosenstrike fight because I want to, obviously, like I said, perfect scenario. Francis gets through Fra Jarzino Rosenstrike. Let's fast forward a little bit. Let's, let's, let's try to predict the future a little bit. Let's try to sit down and relax. Um, Stipe Francis too. However, I don't think that Francis's grappling and wrestling still is as good as Stipe's offense. Obviously, it was a different fight. There obviously there's adjustments to be made in the rematch if they ever do have a rematch. Obviously, there's a lot of of a difference since that fight there's a lot of time happened since that fight and you know, obviously two, two different two different places now. You know, Francis, essentially, you know, argument at that time was that Francis was pushed too hard, pushed too too soon, similarly to Darren Till when he fought Tyron Woodley. And, you know, now you think about it, uh, you know, now that he's gotten some wins in a row, let me pull up his Wikipedia page. I want to see who he's beaten since he's since been back, including a win over Curtis Blades. Hold on. Give me a second because, you know. The fact that you know if, if Francis can stop takedowns and, and keep that cardio going into later rounds, then I'll be impressed. But what still concerns me about him is the fact that um, he still is a you know, knockout artist, and I still don't know necessarily how his cardio is had and if his cardio is tested wrestling-wise, grappling-wise. Like I said earlier, grappling takes a lot out of you, and... Um, you don't, you know, we don't know how he is. No one's tested him like that because he's finishing people. But then again, if he does get tested again, if he fights CPA again, or he fights another high wrestler again that doesn't get caught by his crazy shots, it's going to be interesting to see how his grappling defense is. You know, if his grappling defense is good early on, how is his grappling defense going to be later on in the fight? It's, it's interesting if you think about a scenario like that when it comes to the first fight. And, you know, it's interesting to think about the adjustments that he can make for the second fight. So let me see Francis Ngannou. Just pull up his Wikipedia. All right. Here he is. Number two in heavyweight rank. 
the DC's number one, in my opinion. Well, obviously, ranking-wise, DC is number one. So let me pull it up. Turn on the brightness. Winner wins by knockout, 10. Okay, so Francis is 14 and 3. Wow, that's not bad, dude. Francis is, you know, future champion for fucking sure, dude. I mean, if you look at all his fucking wins, look at that shit. Oh, he, he has one loss. Okay, it's one loss in his career before the UFC. He has three losses, actually. Now he has three losses, only three. <coughs> Excuse me. The first one um, he lost was his second fight ever. He won his first fight by uh, by submission. What? 2013, Francis Ngannou wins by a straight armbar against Rashid Bezina. Doesn't have Wikipedia page. It's a no name. I don't know who the fuck that is. And then he lost a decision. How, how many? Wait, what? Two rounds. Was it two rounds? Yeah, it was. He lost a two round decision. I didn't even know two rounds were were a thing. I thought it was just three, three to five rounds. Then again, that was back in two thousand thirteen. So who knows? Who knows, man? This this sport has a crazy history. So you go all the way to his first fight in the UFC, which was in December fifth. What? Have I even ever seen that fight? Dos Anjos versus Cerrone too. That that fight card. He fought against Luis Henrique. He knocked him out in the second round. Let me pull that shit up. Damn it! I'll have to disrupt the live if I do. So never mind. Um. So he he beats Luis Henrique in the first fight. Um. That's what in the second fight he stopped Curtis Blades. Okay. Then he fought Bojan Mohavic, TKO, submitted Anthony Hamilton with the Kimura. Let me make sure this is Francis Ngannou. Let me backtrack what I've been talking about, folks. Francis Ngannou submitting people? How crazy is that? That's fucking insane, man. Jesus Christ. Okay, so so since Francis lost, he went on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 fight winning streak. Then he lost to Stipe. Derek Lewis lost. I mean, come on, guys. Really? You think that Derek Lewis lost really was a loss? There should be a no contest for both of them. That wasn't a win for Derek Lewis. That wasn't a loss for Francis. Get the fuck out of here. All right, so one loss. Say, say he wins. He loses one fight. And he comes back, beats Curtis Blades, Kane Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos. Very disturbing for a title shot. So, to be honest, looking at that resume and stuff like that, um, I think that Francis is a front runner, not Curtis Blades. So, in my opinion, DC and Stipe should fight, but Curtis Blades should get the winner. I mean, like I said, if Francis wins, then what's Curtis Blades going to do? And Curtis Blades doesn't deserve a title shot over Francis, in my opinion, because Francis holds two wins over him. Francis already beaten Junior Dos Santos in the first round in record fashion. Not record fashion, but, you know, he did finish him pretty quickly. But still, he, he already beat Junior Dos Santos. He he beat Cain Velasquez, and he, he's already he, he knocked out Alistair over him. Did he knock out Alistair after he lost? Oh, no, he, lo he, he, he knocked out Alistair before he fought Stipe, and then that's when he went to fight to fight for the title, and a lot of people thought he got rushed. You know, I, I, I originally thought that myself, 
and that's what I was uh, looking up. I was looking up that. Um, you know, I, I thought that myself, but, you know, like I said, it's interesting fight card. Interesting. I really like this, man. I really, really enjoy this. I almost don't want to talk about the Kobe Bryant stuff because you guys know about how I feel about it real quick. Just quickly, let me just tell you because, you know, it's a sad topic. I don't want to be negative on here. We're on fire. We're having fun. So, you know, like I said, it's condolences to his family and, you know, the worst part about it was me feeling for his wife. I know how we just transcended from Francis to Kobe. I was just looking at the notes real quick, and I was like, ah, that's up next. That's the next topic up there, folks. Um, we're nearing towards uh, an hour, though, so we might have to cut the broadcast for a second. And, yeah, we got nine minutes left. I think we'll be okay. But then we still got still we still got show left, ladies and gentlemen. So, like I said, uh... Let me just hit, let me just finish up with Francis and barely touch base with the Kobe stuff, and then we'll we'll fast forward to John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. So, um, like I said, that whole log jam at the top at, at the end of the day, it's like a A side, B side. Both sides matter. And what I mean by that is that you got this side that's upset because Cipe isn't really being clear with what's next and stuff. We got Curtis Blades at the top. We got DC at the top, clamoring, waiting for title shots, wondering what's next. They're not knowing what's going on. They're only knowing that he wants to heal and get better for his eye. Is there a timeline? Is, is there a specific amount of time we might wait? Is the UFC going to wait? Okay, we got this side. There's a side of me that knows Cipe is the best heavyweight of all time. Cipe has fought five months ago. Cipe has defended the belt on multiple occasions and won the belt on two occasions after losing the belt to DC in the first round. So he's very deserving. You know, if his fucking health isn't good, you got to take your time and do that. So at the end of the day, like I said, for example, imagine a scenario where Stipe you know, isn't able to come back in record time and UFC kind of loses patience. Well, it's happened when these things have happened. Uh, we, 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 we grow up a little interim title. Interim. Fake title. Interim championship. Um, okay. You want to play matchmaker? I'll play matchmaker for a second, Dana. How about, say, for example, that Stipe isn't able to come back sooner rather than later. And they make an interim title shot between Francis and Curtis Blades to throw time. I mean, why the fuck not? Who else? Who else is up there? There's nobody else up there in the heavyweight division. Heavyweight's shallow other than Francis and Jarzinho. I'm so sorry. I mean, Surreal Gan got to work his way up. But I'm sorry if I didn't mention anyone else that's streaking. But there's really nobody that comes to mind other than Curtis Blades and Francis Ngannou. Both guys at the top of the heap and in, in, in much more deserving for a title shot. And it's, it's very well deserved, very well earned. And we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens in the Jarzinho fight. Okay, let's move along, folks. I guess we'll just talk about it. Um, very unfortunate. Um, still hurts to this day. Um, very... You know, hard to realize, hard to believe. I mean, I think when anybody dies, it's 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 a crazy tragedy for anybody affected. It doesn't matter who the fuck the person is. It could be Kobe Bryant, it could be anybody, but man just hearing the uh the outpour and what happened and stuff. Hold on, give me a second. Three, two, one, we're live, All right? Folks. Alright, back to what I was saying. So it's a huge tragedy, like I said. Um and 
you know, it was really hard to fathom. It was hard to process. It was hard to think about. It was hard to bring into realization. Honestly, the day that I learned, I was in the mountains with my family at the time. And my cousin goes over and says, you see about Kobe Bryant? Did you hear the news about him? He died. I'm like, what? What the fuck? Are you fucking joking? And they like to joke sometimes. So I'm like, okay. So they like to joke. Maybe they're just joking around or something like that. Or fucking around. or just playing around. Because my phone didn't get signal in the mountains. And, um, you know, uh. You know, so I didn't know what the fuck was going on. When I go up to the mountains, man, it's like, that's my sanctuary. That's where I'm happy. That's where you feel like you got a second life. You don't know what the fuck's up there. You got trees everywhere. There's animals or a natural habitat. You're camping and shit like that. And um, you're enjoying your time. And, you know, so like I said, fast forward to what I was saying, you know, hearing about the death and I was like starting to look really officially looking at all the pages. I got the internet. When I started getting the internet, I started looking at it and I'm like, well, what the fuck? This is a realization. I mean, I've been following Kobe since I was a little kid and played the NBA live game. I started, I mean, I didn't get introduced to Kobe Bryant through the NBA live 2003 game. I, I knew about it before that. And, you know, he amassed me to be a fan of the Lakers. And um, Anthony just asked me this question. Shout out to Ant-Man. Um, the other day, when did I start watching uh, Kobe? Uh, you know, when did I? Well, when was I introduced to Kobe or something like that? And I, I had told him. I'm, I don't know exactly how the conversation was going, but I had told him. I was like, "Hey, I got introduced to Kobe, and I stopped watching basketball when Kobe stopped playing because Kobe was my favorite. How he didn't ever pass the ball because he always made always made the shots. It's getting dark outside already. It's because it's light in here." I just put the light back in. Um, yeah, so I stopped watching basketball, really, when Kobe stopped playing. You know, everyone's famous for the little Kobe, you know, fucking making little basketball thing and, you know, shooting. I've always done that shit just naturally, dude, even before all this unfortunate stuff happened. So, you know, it was a really, a really big downer, and, you know, brought tears to my eyes. I'm not going to lie. I did cry. You know, it was really emotional and, you know, goes back to me saying that, you know, um, I feel for his wife, and you know, I was telling, I'm telling everybody, man, I can't imagine how she's feeling, and you know the fact that only that, not only that, not only, excuse me, we lost Kobe, but you know his beautiful 13 year old daughter, and you know, like I said, she was gonna carry on a legacy, as everyone else has said, and you know, it's it's, it's tragic as well as all the other people, all the other families, and uh, one of the things that. I was talking about the other day about it was that you know I would have been a little bit upset you know for the other families as well not only did we lose Kobe Bryant but when we heard about it on the news we heard that Kobe Bryant was killed we didn't even know I didn't even know at one point that it was his own it was his daughter as well when I got connection on my phone you know kind of maybe like a couple hours after I learned of his death and stuff like that um I looked and it was you know his daughters also as well was in the chopper as well as other families and coaches and you know the, his daughters and you know a couple other people and you know it's just a tragic it's a tragedy um it's crazy it's un, it's unreal it's crazy to see that it was crazy to see the reports it was crazy to see that it was real I mean, the outpour of support, the outpour of, uh, you know, people reaching out and, you know, the amount of people that it affected and, and fucking brought down was absolutely fucking crazy. And it still is. And if you look at LeBron's speech yesterday, it was very emotional and stuff. Um, very, you know, heartfelt. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I think people, I think Kobe would want people to continue his legacy honor him remember him and you know don't sulk and don't be down but it's impossible for people to to necessarily be down to not be down excuse me because of 
the fact that, you know, we lost a legend. We lost one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And the fact is, I was like, I was telling, I was, like, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, 41 years old, dude. It doesn't even seem like he was that old. I mean, you know, some basketball players are kind of older and stuff. And you never know. But, you know, like, he retired real, real young, man. I mean, he, not real young, but just thinking about how young he was, 41 years of age, man, and just, just taken from us, unfortunately, his, his baby girl was taken from her, not only did Vanessa Bryant lose a daughter, but she lost a husband as well, and, uh, you know, that, that was one of the worst things to have to realize and, you know, think about, regardless of if you knew Kobe or not, that still is a very tragic thing, and, um, now, hard to talk about, to be honest with you, holding back tears, but, uh, you know, that, that he definitely had a, an effect on people, not only just because he's a basketball star, but his influence, his motivation, how, you know, how he inspired people to be great. I mean, there's people that started their basketball careers or chasing basketball dreams because Kobe Bryant. So when you inspire somebody, when you have somebody that inspires you around, that creates a pathway for you to, you know, bring yourself out of a funk or bring yourself out of a position where you feel like you're, you know, maybe not successful or being successful. Maybe you're not, you're not doing anything in life or, you know, this, it's not just Kobe. It's everyone around the world that's inspired by people. Those people inspire you to be better. Those people you don't even know inspire you to want to change and, you know, be great at something like that. The Mamba mentality and stuff like that, guys. And, you know, Kobe Bryant just was a go-getter. You know, he went and he got everything. He he was in the gym early. He always worked hard. He always dedicated himself. I mean, got injured sometimes, but, you know, at the end of the day, he was one of the best of all time and the best in the world. And, and you know, it's a very an unfortunate, tragic thing. And, you know, talking about it, you know, I don't want to shed negative light on anything like that. I mean, you know, I did have a podcast set up to where I was going to talk about potential conspiracy theories and stuff like that regarding his death. I mean, I still think those thoughts still stand, but I'm not going to sit here and talk about those things i don't want to do that you know it's regardless of any conspiracies at the end of the day conspiracies fucking happen and there's nothing we can do about them we can only learn about them we can only stay woke we can only understand the truth but you know at the end of the day lives are lost people were hurt people are affected and i don't vouch nor do i campaign ever for anybody to ever be in any pain like that so it was very very unfortunate and uh you know heartbreaking and, uh, you know, I don't know, just very, very fucking emotional still, still can't get over it, man. And same thing goes like, that's how life is, man. For me, everybody dies, you know, you got to make the most of your life. You got to hug all your people. And, you know, I feel like that all the time. You got to make sure that you embrace every fucking moment in life. You got to live life to the teep. You got to live life up. You got to have fun. You got to understand every single thing that's going on and every single day that you're doing it because you never know what things are going to take. And so I'm not just saying that because Kobe Bryant, you know, unfortunately passed, but I'm just saying that in general, you got to be, be like that. You got to love each other, man. I have unlimited amounts of love. I have a great circle around me. I try to make sure I have the best people spiritually, physically, emotionally, all these people around me. I got to make sure that they're great people around me. If not, then you're not, you're going to be unhappy and stuff. You're not understanding what life is truly about and you know you gotta you gotta be thankful you gotta be respectful you gotta understand things you gotta love the people that are closest to you you never know when life is gonna get taken from you so i think everybody should should you know honor that and think about that and and use that as a you know obviously hug your loved ones at night hug your kids at night because i mean it's tragic man uh 
you know, his young daughter, you know, is barely getting started in life. Never even thought in a day in her life that she was going to be taken out or have, uh, you know, her, her, her life tragically cut short and uh, really just terrible, man. It's looking terrible. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It still hurts. I don't mean, I don't want, I mean, I wanted to talk about this, but it's like, uh, I just, I, I had to, I mean, it's, it's honorable. I mean, if anything, I don't think he wants people to sit and mourn. I think he would want people to, to, you know, continue on his memory and his legacy and honor him and be, and, you know, kind of join together a little bit more. And, you know, it, it's, it, and he wants, he would want people to you know, remember him and honor him and, and, you know, he wouldn't want people to sit here and, and hurt over it. He would want people to continue and, you know, further their dreams and chase after what you really want. I mean, he's a very inspirational guy, one of the best in the world to do it in the world of basketball. And, you know, just overall great guy, very loving, very, very committed and, you know, very hardworking kind of person. And, you know, <sighs> look, I never really get choked up on a, on a, um, a podcast, man, but, uh, it's really depressing and, 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 and. Uh, very sad honestly you know I, it's not it's 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 sad because you know I, I know i'm talking just about kobe but you know the rest of the families and all that the fact that they didn't even know that their families died because you know obviously kobe bryant died but then people didn't get to see their families didn't get to see that then you know, these other people died unfortunately until they un identify the members so i can't imagine how all those families are feeling um all the fans. I mean, obviously, I've seen the outpour of all these people. I mean, there's certain people I don't even know how people can continue with with doing stuff. And you know, it takes a lot of mental strength losing somebody, whether you know when they die and stuff. It's 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 a loss. That's the biggest L anybody can take in in, in life. And you know, losing people that's the worst pain in the world. Or you know, losing people, heartbreak. Heartbreak is horrible in a way, but Losing people is a lot worse because heartbreak you can get over, and losing people you can get over it, but it just hurts so much more, and uh, it's just it's just a horrible way of a you know. I wish everybody could stay alive. I mean, the fact that he's super young, forty one, and and his girl, little girl, was thirteen, and like I said, I just can't. I can't imagine how Vanessa's feeling, man. It's terrible, man. I just, I, I can't. I don't know. I ain't gonna talk, stop talking about it. It's crazy. Anyways, like I said, it would be best to honor his legacy and 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 you know obviously like I said keep the keep the Mamba mentality alive and keep the energy good energy going and and do that. I mean, I, I still to this day when I shoot shit in the trash can, Kobe, go like Kobe. And go like and shoot it in the trash can. I've done that for years, dude. I've done that for since I was that really young. So, um, let's move along, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't want to end the show or have the show where it, it, it's a negative one or anything like that. So, uh, I think it would be best if we were to, did, did move on and stuff like that. Um, so this brings me to the best topic, the most exciting topic of the show for my fight fans. From basketball back to fighting. Let's take a quick break.
Why are you smoking weed? Oh, what the, what the hell is he doing smoking weed? Oh, yeah. We we save lives, ladies and gentlemen. So I suggest everybody, one of you guys, every every single one of you guys, to smoke it. Especially not not if you're trying to work or you know get a good job somewhere or something like that. If you're well off, refined and stuff, I suggest you guys, you know, like I said, try it. If it gets in the way of your job, don't try. It. I'm not gonna be a bad influence for people. Um, so okay, we still got some steam in the boat. What are we? How are we do it on battery? 69% oh fucking awesome we're still doing good folks okay so this brings me to talking about a huge discussion that's going on in the world of MMA debates discussions theories reasons all these other different fucking things along when it comes to this topic who the best female women's fighter on the planet is i mean people think john jones obviously john jones best light heavyweight fighter on the planet steve a best heavyweight on the planet um featherweight obviously has to be the man alexander volkanovsky but you know people this is this is where we're gonna start this is where it's gonna be controversial this is where we're gonna have a lot of fun and um we're, we're, we're gonna talk about it. we're gonna debate folks this is the best part about this this is the best part about this whole thing i'm very excited to talk about this but there's a huge conversation between who the best female fighter is we lost network connection recording lost network connection okay we're live we're back okay um so this is a big conversation big debate and stuff on who the greatest female fighter of all time is okay amanda nunez is the man she knocked out cyborg in the first round it's amanda nunez amanda nunez okay all right People say it's Amanda Nunes. Yes, she beat Cyborg, who was undefeated for 14 years. She stopped Cyborg. She knocked Cyborg out in the very first round. And, you know, like I said, you knock out, you beat the GOAT, you become the GOAT. I mean, someone beats John Jones. That's going to show how fucking amazing they truly are if they're able to beat somebody like that. If you beat Josie Aldo, that shows you that you're, you're you're something special. If you beat Max Holloway, that shows you that you're something special. If you beat Ronda Rousey, it shows you something special. All these people, Holly Holm, um, Amanda Nunes, you know, only people Ronda had actually lost to, you know, that shows them that they're elite. That shows you that Holly Holm was able to figure her out. Holly Holm still, you know, showed at the top of the list, you know, the woman that beat Ronda Rousey, the first woman to beat her. You know, that goes back down to Amanda, the first woman to knock out Cyborg and finish her, not the first woman to beat her. I know Cyborg lost in Muay Thai. And, you know, she had, she had like one loss or something early on in her career. But, you know, Amanda Nunes knocked her out in an impressive fashion. She was patient. She was calculated. She 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 didn't get uh, overwhelmed by the flurry that Cyborg always brings. By the way, Cyborg looked amazing in her last fight against Julia Budd. I mean, vintage Cyborg. Um, say what you want about it, man. That was an amazing performance. And, you know, like I said, look at look, let's take a second to look at the career of Chris Cyborg. Okay, let me lay this out for you guys. Let me lay this out for people that aren't necessarily familiar with MMA necessarily. Um, but if you look at what Chris Cyborg has done throughout her entire career, we followed her way before the UFC days, way before Amanda Nunes was even a champion, man. 
And yeah, I think about it, man. Chris Cyborg was touted to be one of the scariest females of all time. One of the scariest fighters of all time. Nobody wanted to fight Cyborg. I remember back, you know, people think about all these fantasy fights and all this other different shit that people are waiting for. I want to see this fight. I want to see that fight. Dude, back in the day, I was thinking about Amanda versus freaking, or not Amanda, excuse me, Chris Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey. That was my original fun fight. Those are my original fights that I was thinking about. Having that, that, that thinking about what I wanted to see when it comes to fights that they need to make. It was a fight that was never made. What if, what if, what if? I was talking about this the other fucking day. Chris Cyborg would have beaten the fucking hell out of Ronda Rousey because Ronda Rousey doesn't get a takedown. She's not arm barring Chris Cyborg. I think Jesus Christ protected her from Cyborg. I think, um, look at the career of Cyborg. Okay, let's just break it down. Okay, you look at Strike Force, women's champion. UFC, women's featherweight champion. Bellator, women's featherweight champion just recently. Invicta, women's featherweight champion. Won titles in every single organization. Now, for for example, it would be it would be less of something if it was like unknown organizations or no name places, but she's going to notable uh organizations and winning titles and basically every single top tier organization on the list dude invicta bellator the ufc strike force ufc bellator strike force invicta all of them all the major promotions she's won a world title in Let's think about Amanda Nunes, okay? Amanda Nunes beaten the likes of Ronda Rousey, knocked out Holly Holm, the first woman to knock her out in, in MMA, um, and, you know, beat Duran Randomy. You know, she fought her before, beat her before. I mean, she, she, Valentina Shevchenko, who arguably is on that list of best female fighters of all time, too, underneath Amanda, probably number three in the world, in my opinion, if you think about Cyborg, Amanda Nunes, Valentina Shevchenko, and, you know, top-tier, top-tier contenders. You know, she's number three in the world and probably number two in the world, if I'm not mistaken at a different weight class obviously you know there can be multiple fighters and multiple organizations that that are phenomenal fighters but you know you think valentina shevchenko pound for pound obviously deserves a top and deserves a ranking at the top of that list um but like i said amanda nunez you know where does she win her title at she's fought in strike force she was good in strike force she came over the ufc took her a little bit of time to get to where she won the world title she looked amazing in her winning a win over Misha Tate to become the world champion. And, you know, we've seen the amazing performances. We've seen her adjust. We've seen her, you know, come into her own and, you know, become one of the best women's fighters of all time in the UFC. But, you know, look at what Cyborg's done throughout the career. So it's like, you can't sit here and knock it. Obviously, she did beat Cyborg. I'm not against that. I know what's going on. I know what's happening, you know. Uh, we're going to talk about Jones versus Reyes next week, because it's fight week next week. So it would make sense to talk talk about that next week so this will be the last topic that we're gonna have on the show um but you know like i said you look at you look at the legacy of chris cyborg at the end of the day when she retires she can say that she won titles on all the major organizations dude and you know amanda Nunes, she retires she became a ufc champion ufc's a top tier organization i get that i understand that but at the end of the day it's all about legacy it's all about what you do it's all about what people remember you for you know, obviously Amanda will be remembered for all those different things, you know, continuing the fact that she's a champion. Chris Cyborg is an amazing champion. Chris Cyborg has been on the top since, since so, for so fucking long. And she's looked good for so fucking long. And, um, 
she looked great. She looked fantastic. She looked amazing. And like I said, I mean, it's hard to describe it. It's hard to decide and hard to, to really debate on it. But you got to look at what Chris Seibert has done regardless of that. You know, interesting argument I made because, like, that made me think about who the best featherweight of all time is. Interesting, right? Why do people still call Josie Aldo the best featherweight of all time? They still say Max Holloway. Joe Rogan says it. Max Holloway, best featherweight of all time. Why isn't Connor the best featherweight of all time? Because he beat Max Holloway back then. I mean, obviously, everyone learned Max Holloway had a couple losses before that and all that. Um, but, you know, why aren't these people considered? Why isn't Alexander Volkanovsky the best of all time? Is it because he's in the in the front row? He's a ladder. He he's in he's the champion right now. Is he the best featherweight of all time? Truly, what are people's criteria when it comes to who the best of all time is? I mean, greatest middleweight of all time, Anderson Silva. Like I said, I mean, look at how long Anderson Silva defended for. No one's beaten that record. Nobody's done that. Anderson Silva, best middleweight of all time. John Jones, great light, greatest light heavyweight of all time. Chris Cyborg, greatest female fighter of all time. DC, best one of the best light heavyweights of all time. Should be multiple goats. I don't think it's appropriate to say Amanda is the the goat. Because Chris Cyborg has done just as much. And Chris Cyborg has had multiple, like, at least three belts or multiple belts on her shoulder way before Amanda was even a UFC champion. So sit the fuck back, ladies and gentlemen. We just made our motherfucking argument. Chris Cyborg is the best women's fighter on the planet. Get it right, folks. Doesn't matter. Yeah, she loses to Chris. Uh, loses to Amanda. Okay, cool. I mean, obviously, you can't fucking disrespect the fucking performance of Amanda Nunes, though, dude. That's the thing. You can't. You just can't. I mean, it's a per impressive performance. Technically, Cyborg has been beaten, just not in MMA, so... I don't know. Who knows, man? I, I, I just feel that it's necessary to share my opinion... And and talk about uh, talk about um, the whole fight. I mean, both fights. I mean, uh, both fighters. Excuse me, and and give my reasons why. I mean, look at all the belts Amanda won. Amanda's only won one belt. Cyborg's won Victor, Strikeforce, Bellator, UFC, and yeah, Victor, Strikeforce, Bellator, UFC, Victor. Top tier organization, Bellator, number two in the world, top tier organization, UFC, number one organization, Strike Force was what Bellator is now. So I mean, goddamn. You don't you just don't know. So I think I made my argument, folks. If there's any, if there's not any other breaking news, I think uh I think that um that will be it for us on this show. I appreciate you guys for joining us here. Uh, let me just make sure that we don't have anything else. Anything that has come up. Anything that we can talk about. Anything that we can break before we get off the show. Luke Rockhold looks like a little kid in that picture.
Oh, little Lewis looks like a mini Bisping. How cute. Oh, God. Don't even fucking remind me of that bullshit. Um, I mean, I, it's cool. Logan Paul, Jake Paul, boxing, and, you know, making their name in combat sports. I mean, combat sports is where it's at, man. So it's pretty entertaining, man. I love it. It's not bullshit. I love it. It's interesting, man. I mean, I, mean, I, I didn't watch the... Logan Paul versus KSI fight KSI fight the first time I didn't watch it the second time I know that it was a close fight the second time watched some highlights and stuff I didn't watch the fight last night but seemed to appear to be Jake Paul beat the fuck out of this dude I don't even remember the dude's name but you know YouTubers becoming fight stars cool I mean one of the most popular YouTube stars made the biggest money move in his career and you know like I said congrats to him that's all we're gonna say here folks um is that it like I said, we have Jones versus Reyes next week. I got to use the bathroom real bad. So I think we're just going to cut it here too, folks. So I appreciate you guys for joining us here on this episode. It was good to be back. Episode 239. Like I said, it's a new month. A lot of exciting stuff it are uh, is happening. W2s have come in, motherfuckers. So I'm pretty damn sure a lot of you guys are pretty happy about that as well as myself. I just finished my taxes the other day. I'm going to relax the rest of Saturday, probably binge watch some TV shows. And I don't know necessarily what TV shows I'm going to have to check my show box list and see what absolute, absolutely, which ones I want to, you know, tune in for. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you guys. You can follow us on um, Twitter and Instagram at KWTKPod, as well as following me on Instagram and Twitter at GTheKingMMA, Facebook at G, uh, G, Gabriel. Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez, folks, as well as um, on it's my snap as G Meeker underscore MMA, too. So, like I said, I gotta use the bathroom, folks. I'm fucking go. Um, appreciate you guys for joining us. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Leave us a five star rating review. We're available everywhere, folks. I can't wait for you guys to tune in for the show. Thank you guys. And now we'll end it here, folks. Appreciate you guys for joining us here. Bye, folks.